Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with Benji Narson. This is Friday at 8.40 p.m. Gold Coast time. Just because we're going to be talking about Liège-Bastogne-Liège, previewing the men and women's race, and the start list may change. And who knows, you know, if you do a preview, things like that change now. With COVID, Pagatra and UAE getting booted out a couple of hours before flesh, but we just got to roll with it. Men's first, then the women's recap. There'll be two separate YouTube videos. We've even got footage of the men and women's races on the podcast YouTube channel now from the Ardennes races we've had up to date this year in some of those, like Flesh, Bramantia Pal, etc. But before we get to the men's preview, our show partner, LaCole, they have Drops LaCole, their named partners or sponsors of Drops LaCole, British Continental team they raced in flesh and they're lining up for Liège, Bastogne Liège this weekend. They're underdogs for sure against a tough Trek Segafredo SD Works squad, etc. But we're hoping for a top 10 result and I think they might do it. Flesh is hard because it's a pure Waspikilo test, but hoping Drops Lacole can get a top 10 this weekend. But if you're watching the women's race, make sure you barrack for them. But Men's race now, we'll go through the betting odds because that's the way I think about these things. The favourite for Liège, Bastogne Liège, is Primoz Roglic, about $5.50. Tato Pagacha, second in the betting, about $6, $6.50, and then Alaphilippe a little bit longer, I'd say on Betfair, about 7s to 8s. Then Valverde, over 10s. Pidcock, you can get him for 12s and above. bit surprised by that. Sixth is... Woods, then Shuckman, Yates, Carapaz, Adam, Adam Yates, that is. I don't really understand Adam Yates being in the top 10 favourites at like 20 to 1, but what do you? what's your gut reaction to those odds for Liège, Benji, for the favourites? I think that Roglic being first is uh, is normal. Alaphilippe and Pogacar being close to that relatively as well. We know from last year that those were contenders in the last kilometre. Is she not being up there is something that, well, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of due to this season because at the end of last yeah. season, everybody would have said that in this Ardennes, he would have been demolishing everything. I said it at the start of the season and you were nice to put up the uh, statement, the uh, controversial statement at the start of the season that he would not get a good season this year. And so far, it's majorly leaning towards what you said and he hasn't been at his game. He has been nowhere near his game so far. We haven't seen him at Fledge, but at Amstel, we saw him basically getting demolished on on the last Calvary. So that's not ideal. Definitely, if you want to try and win these Ardennes Classics with this as one of your main goals of the season, if not your main goal, if you are here, she, with that type of you know, rider type. But um, yeah, 41 odds is, is what I see here for him, which is crazy. But um, yeah, yeah, it's crazy, for the guy but, who yeah. probably would have won last year. Yeah, like without Alphilippe's deviation, him or Pagacha, but probably here she winning Liège after winning Flesh, and yeah, who knows what's happened with him? I guess he's had an interrupted schedule with was it getting his wisdom teeth out, and then it was his hip was sore, and then this and that. Um, who knows? But. Yeah, not looking great. The profile, if you're not familiar with it, it is the same as last year. 259 grueling kilometers, I think 4,400 meters, 4,350 meters climbing during the day 
and there's a lot of the climbs come thick and fast in the last 60 or 70 k's of Liège, Bastogne, Liège. The climbs you'll be familiar with, uh, Stoku, Rosier, then getting into the last 30 kilometres, the big ones, Cote de Radute, that's with 35 kilometres to go, 2Ks at 8.5%. And then where Alaphilippe attacked last year on Cote de la roche faucon 1.3Ks at 10.5%. This is probably one of the steepest sustained pinches in Liège and it comes with 13 k's to go, short descent, and then they do the bon sel climb, 1.2 k's at 6.3%. And then that descent you should be familiar with, the Jakob Fulsang one where his back wheel went uh, and nearly crashed in the 2019 edition, I think it was. He is the same descent and then a flat run into the finish and turn right, on the river and then sprint where the group last year was Alaphilippe attacking on that climb followed by Pagacha, here she, Roglic, all went to the finish. Mohoric caught them. They were kind of sitting up and then Morish led them out. Alaphilippe deviated. Roglic won. You remember it well. Iconic moment. But um, apparently headwind on the finish tomorrow oh, on Sunday, Benji. I'm not sure I think it's going to play out the same as last year. I think the level is so similar between Pagacha, Pitcock, Alaphilippe, Roglic, particularly on a climb that's not the Moor. It's not as steep. Alaphilippe, he was the initiator last year. He was the initiator in Imola. He's not had that supreme kick. I know he just won flesh record time, but Amstel wasn't as good. How do you see Sunday playing out? Same as all, same as last year, attack on by one of the favourites on that climb. They work together to the finish. Sprint, or you think Pagacha's got something in mind, or you think Quickstep might do something different? I think we have to look at uh, Laradud as the first position to start attacking. That's with roughly 40k to go, because I think we've got lots of branches here that could wait for the last hill. You mentioned all their names so far, but... We also have quite a bunch of riders that cannot wait until last hill and are also in teams with riders that can wait. So those could be sent out as riders that go early. The first name that came to mind for me was was Almeida, the Koenig Quickstep, and he's not the only one in that team, but Sevenand is in there as well. And those are the names that you don't see waiting for that last hill. You want to see them just put up the attacks throughout the parkour itself. And Laredut seems to be the perfect candidate to do something like that. For Roglic, he'd have riders like Vingegaard trying to control that, I'd expect. And the real question is, who are the riders that want to keep the race closed and who are the ones that want to make it extra extra magical by having their team go early? I think that the Koenig will try and put Alaphilippe in a, in a seat on that, well, elite group, and they're going to try and attack with riders. Just I'm, I'm not sure which one, but... On seven on Almeida, those type of riders to, Honoré. to relieve the pressure from Alaphilippe sitting in that group while he still has the likes of Adris Devenains around. I think you mentioned it before we started recording that Devenains would be perfect to keep Alaphilippe protected while the others go off on an adventure at the front of the peloton. But the question there is what would a UAE do about it? And that's where I'm really unsure because last year you would have said that Hirschi would be the person you would wait for on the last hill with Pogacar trying to go early and doing early stuff. But this year, 
I have more trust in Pogacar because of the history of Hershey so far this year. So I'm not sure what they can oh, do. Oh, 100%. I think that they have to pull it all out for Pogacar almost. And if that is the case, then Hershey is the guy that needs to go early, which is just weird and a, a bit surprising, I'd say. Well, that's the weird thing is that he probably doesn't have the fitness to attack from 40Ks and stay away. Other riders that I think might be joining early quick step attacks are Fabro and Conrad. Maybe mm, he's okay at flesh, but Schelling as well on Bora yeah, Hands Grower. Yeah. Uh, for sure, be expecting attacks from him. Maybe Freyle for Astana. And honestly, I think Ineos, Ineos if they see those sort of moves going up the road, send Carapaz with it and then you don't have to chase and put the pressure or send Moscon. Like Moscon's in magic form, uh, just won two stages at Tour of the Alps. He's in races this long. He is so, so good. Maybe not this hilly. Well, that's not true. <laughs> I think he won. <laughs> What's that race where he got led out by Eddie Dunbar, Italian Giro della Toscana. He won that. Yep. Um, I think Ineos should try and copy quick step strategy that Benji just mentioned and use Moscon as a weapon. And I like him as an outsider to win this race, actually. Um, but let's go through some of the contenders on the various teams. Probably be a little more, little bit more uh, prompt with it this time. We mentioned it. Alaphilippe on quick step. Wellens on Lotto Sudal. We are counting out Gilbert, Guillaume Martin on call for this. I'd like to see Remy Rochas in the break, actually, just see how he goes. Uh, Molema for Trek Segafredo, Roglic, the leader at Jumbo Visma with Wingergaard, Helsink, Omen helping him. Matthews for bike exchange, but they got Chavez as well. ISU all out for Woods. they got Martin, Impey, and Nealens. That's actually a Loki, good squad <laughs> like for, for Mike Woods. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, UAE, Pagacha, Bahrain, Victorious, Haig, and Poles, and Mohoric. So they got strength in depth. Dylan Turns, they should also be attacking early, getting Padun in an early break. Fulsang and Aaron Baru at Astana. And that's where I'll stop, Benji. Aaron Baru is my second guy I really like as a long shot. You know, he came 13th at Flesh. Aaron Brew, did you think yeah. no, you could climb like that? Well, he's a god, so he can do everything. The, <laughs> thing, the thing with this is that he could play it out the same way that Mohoric did last year, and he could drop on the last hill on the if the if the real punches go. But he has the descending capabilities of crawling yep. back in at the send afterwards and smashing it towards the group that is ahead. And that is the quality I see in Aramburu. The question is, does he have enough sprint to beat the likes of a? a Pogacar or a Roglic head-to-head, and that's where it's like, oh, it's going to be close. I don't know. I, I don't remember that well. I know that he has a sprint or a punch at least, but we've seen that from Pogacar as well. We've seen that from a Roglic as well. We've seen that from an Alaphilippe certainly as well. So it's a bit of a, a question of whether he can beat them 1v1 in sprints, but if they have like 20 seconds on the last descent, he can crawl that back before they get to the sprint, I hope. And I think... But um, yeah, he's definitely one of the um, more dark horses because he's nowhere near the favoritism here. But there's like plenty of riders that are, well, are dark to one horses. Plus. Yeah, and another name that is very far from uh, from the favorites, but has a history with this race, as in 
he was looking extremely good last year, but then had a mechanical before the last hill, and that's uh, Benoit Cosnefa. The man is is on crazy odds for winning this race. I am not sure he can win the race, but I certainly think that he can top 10 this time around, and if not top 5, he didn't seem perfect at Flesh Wallon, let's be honest about that. His team was setting it up perfectly for him to be, uh, well, at the front on on the eventual Murehui, uh, but he couldn't make it. But I think I really believe in Bodmar Kosnefa. He, um, he hasn't had the best season so far, but he looked great in Brabant Sepel when he tried to close that down in the last uh, kilometer and a half towards the tree that were away, Fanad and so forth. But um, yeah, I believe in Kosnefa. I don't know what you think about Kosnefa. Uh, how does he win? Yeah, that's What's, the issue as know, well for me. It's... Okay, I think there's a scenario, say it's headwind, say Yumbo Visma are having to spend a lot of day chasing and then they can't set Roglic up or he's not able to attack on the last climb. Maybe he does attack, but he gets, you know, it's a 10-kilometre descent to the finish. Teams can get organised or riders can get organised behind like Morovic last year so they don't even get as big a gap because Alaphilippe's not as nuclear as last year. Then you maybe you got that headwind and it comes back to a, a larger group in a reduced bunch sprint finish. And then you got riders like Aaron Baru who just need to get into that group, just like an MSR and Poggio, just like, well, I guess, nah, not, not like his Basque Country win, <laughs> but great descender. He's got to get into that group. And then he, at least he has a sprint. The problem with Cosnefry is maybe I'm underrating it, but I know he got beaten by Casper Pedersen in – Oh, Parry Tour yes. last year in a two-up sprint. He's not good enough to drop them on the last climb mm-hmm. and he's not good enough to win the sprint. It's like what Benji said. Matthews for bike exchange, Benji. Do you think he's been he was good at Amstel, Kalberg? He got into the lead group, then he couldn't react to the Pidcock attack afterwards. I don't know his history in this race, but I would assume it's still too difficult for him surely hmm i don't know like every year we see some climbing capability by matches at a certain point in the season where we're like mate he can win amstel with this and well he can also win lbl with this type of climbing we saw it last year in Tirano. we saw it this year in a uh, i think barry knees where he was going for an intermediate sprint in the middle of the climb <laughs> but um all in all, he has the capability of climbing very well. The problem is that he doesn't have the acceleration to follow the likes of Nala Philippe going on the Russian Faucon. So he ends up in the second group then. And then he's fully dependent on that group. And he does not have the teammates, I think, to to be in that group and help him out. I'm, oh, Robert Stannard is looking good, but he's he's always on the edge of, of getting into that second group, I'd say. Um, I, it's going to be really hard for Matthews, I think. Yeah. He uh, came fourth yeah. in 2017 on the Cote Saint-Nicolas profile when the Cote de la Rochefoucauld crested 20 kilometres from the finish. So I think that profile might have suited him a little bit more than this one here where all the pure punchers go nuclear on that last climb and try and get away. Uh, the man who we haven't spoken about, and this is what's insane, He's like third or fourth in the betting at 41 years old, Balverde, third at flesh. Crazy to be still up there 
in the top five contenders for Liège, Baston Liège. He's supported by Jorgensen, Verona, uh, Serrano, Mas Mas Arcas. I think Benji, he's a really good shout to win because I don't know if he's that behind, that far behind Roglic and Pogacar on that climb or Alaphilippe. I know he got dropped by Alaphilippe on the Moor, but that's a full-out effort on a 20% pinch. Draft is not as important. Do you think his sprint is good enough, though, Benji, to beat Roglic and Alaphilippe? I think I might jinx myself here, but I don't believe in Valverde for LBL. His sprint is not good enough to beat the others in a head-on sprint, in my opinion. Um, he always has a problem that he ends up in the second group after attacks, and he's always pretty bad at causing cooperation in the chasing group. So that reduces the chances of winning from that chasing group because he reduces the chances of the chasing group coming back. And after the Rosh you don't have too much choice. You need to like work together or you can't make it back. And... Him following the others on Rosh Hashanah, I see it happening. It's possible, but I don't see him winning. It's like, I don't see an opportunity like that happening. He needs to find a way to ride away solo because he can't do it in a sprint, in my opinion. Definitely not in recent years. But all in all, I've also remembered that in LBL, he always had, not always, but quite a few times he was having trouble with the length of the race. While then at Lombardia, a few uh, portions later in the season, he would end up handling that perfectly. So there's like not a complete consistency in Valverde handling long races like that. While he has the capability to do it, he's won similar races and uh, I'm pretty sure he's won LBL as well. I don't remember it. That's horrible. Yes. But um, I think the issue is that I'm not fully trusting him and I don't think it's going to happen. Personally, I think that the sprint is an issue for if he gets in that group. And outside of that, I also don't see him dropping anyone like that. He, he'd need to have a situation where he's in the descent of that last hill in a group of five and they're all watching each other. Who's going to pace, even though it's a descent? So that's unlikely to happen, that situation. And then he's going to solar away like in the Vuelta last year. That's the only situation in which I see Valverde winning this race. All right. Now on to our picks for Liège, based on Liège. I'm picking Alejandro Balberde to win. (laughs) (laughs) After what Benji said, I think his sprint is just fine. And uh, it looked really good at Amstel. He let it out from 300 metres. He's just got to be in the right position. And I think it's more than good enough. Um, He's won world champs in 2018. That was super long. He looks to be at that almost at that level again after last year being an off year because he didn't feel like training inside. So he's my pick to win with, I guess, my heart. My my head says Pagacha, to be honest. But uh, my long shots are Moscon, Aaron Baru because Moscon from far in a disjointed race and Aaron Baru from a slow big group if it all comes down to it. I honestly, head-to-head, in terms of value, like Pidcock, way, way more than Roglic. And that's just because I see it as a reduced group together and maybe they're 50-50 sprint-wise, but that's not what the odds are saying. So 
you know, Peacock, Sprint at Kerner, Rabansipale, and Amstel, he's quick. So, I mean, the length of the race is an issue, but I don't see that as being a big problem. Who are your picks and long shots, Benji? Good question. Uh, before I go into them, I do want to mention that there's other people that we didn't go in-depth about that do certainly have a chance of winning this race. For example, yeah, David Godou has been pretty great so far this season, seems to be on the provisional start list of Group Power for this race. And if yeah. that's the case, then I do see him having a, a capability of being in the top 10 eventually. And he's got a bit of a punch as well, so he could follow attacks, but I don't see him at the following the base of an Ella Philippe launching away. Sharkman as well, we spoke about him very shortly, but I think that Sharkman is the kind of rider that will likely podium LBL. That's a pick of mine. He's going to podium LBL. Um, I don't know what spot, but I believe in a podium for him. When it comes to uh, my dark horse, it's going to be Aramburu. Um, I'd say it's more than a bit of a dark horse, although it's it's risky. It's the same way that Mohoric could win this race in the same strategy. And they don't, on paper, have enough sprint to be the likes of a, a Roglic if they catch back to that group, I think. So that's going to be their issue at hand, I think. Although I sincerely hope that Aramburu wins. Let me be very clear of that. Um, yeah. Who is going to win this race? You know what? I'm going to go for something completely biased, and I'm going to say a Belgian name, Mauri van Sevenon, for the hype. And he's going to do something, and he's going to win the race. Another dark he's horse for me is Almeida. <laughs> he's definitely going to do something. Yeah. We, we will see him at some point in the race attacking. That's a lock. Uh, but if you're watching on YouTube, let us know your picks in advance. Are we counting anyone out? I just, for Mike Woods, the problem is he's not good enough to drop them all on the climbs, I don't think. He's not good enough to win a sprint either, and the descent's a problem for him too. I think one of the strongest teams is Bahrain. So really interested to see how they play it. Like Dylan Turns was so good at Tour of Flanders. Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, I'd really like to see how they play Um, at Bahrain victorious. Final as well. Question. Anyone else we missed? I've got a final yes, question. Your final we know question. that um, Trixie Cofredo has Bauke Molema here. We know that Molema has uh, shown to win San Sebastian Lombardi in pretty similar ways as in uh, attacking yep. very late from a group. Would you see that as a capability here or do you don't, just don't believe in uh, in him getting away in a group like Alaphilippe and so forth? I think that's the weakness here, the vulnerability. Oh, well, no, he, he, he can't win in that conventional fashion, obviously, if there's a group of favourites going up the road. The way he wins is by attacking that group early, they look at each other, he powers away at his own pace, They don't. there's no cohesion, and that's the way he won, what was it, La Guelia earlier this year or yeah. GP Industria? It was La Guelia. I know it's a different, <laughs> different level race, but, you know, that's how he can win. He's in a head-to-head sprint up uh, Redoute or whatever. No, he's not quicker than Roglic or Alaphilippe, but they might not chase him down. And that's where I think hopefully Quickstep and Ineos try and make this race hard because the Ineos team is stacked. So there's no point having all those riders there just to have Pidcock follow an Alaphilippe attack late. But anyway, that was our Liège men's preview. 
keeping it short and sweet. It's one of my favorite races to watch. Really? I hate flesh. I like Liège. Um, I really like – it's like the – Climby boy version of MSR because the climby boy you know, version got, of MSR is that well, how you're gonna call LBL? <laughs> well, it's the current profile where they got the descent and are they going to get caught? Are they going to cooperate? I really like it. Uh, that last <laughs> fifteen to twenty k's of Liège. I'll have highlights of the men and women's. Just so make sure you check that out on my channel as well. Onto the women's preview now. A Pretty similar. Oh, let me have a look. They've got the same climb, Cote de la Roche au Faucon. It's 140K, so it's pretty good length for the women's races that we'll normally see. It goes from Baston to Liège, so they still call it Liège-Baston-Liège, but they just do the second half of the race, it seems. How much climbing? It's about 2140 meters, so half the climbing of the men's race. But yeah, same finale, which I like. Um, so <laughs> I wonder with that finale what Annemiek van Vleuten is going to do. She's got the Redoute with 39Ks to go, same as the men's race. I mean, what would you do if you were van Vleuten here, Benji, in the European Champs jersey? You tried at flesh with 20Ks to go and you got marked out, um, yeah, would you be attacking earlier than the Rochefoucauld? Well, she's a bit of a, a cyclist that just hammers it the moment that the road goes uphill. I think that waiting till Rochefoucauld might not be ideal because then it's hard to put in the attrition damage throughout the race itself on the competitors. I think her strength is that she can make that same attack multiple times in a race. We saw it in Amstel that she did it multiple times as well. It just didn't do the damage she was hoping for. And I think the only strategy she can do is relatively similar. Quote de la Redoute already hammered up that climb and then Rochefoucauld tried to do the same. But the race situation can also be very different. I think two years ago, we had Von Vleuten ending up winning here. But the year after, we had a very different race situation early on because a group got away with riders from every team, basically. And that caused the group behind, including the likes of Von Vleuten with some other favorites in there, to just not care about the race anymore. And that front group went ahead and battled for the victory. And eventually you had Dignan that ended up going solo from that group and Brown chasing that down. So it can be a very different race situation depending on if a group gets away with riders from every team and so forth. And it's going to be interesting to see how Trek and SD Works play this. I think that this might be a, a pretty tactical race in the same way that we saw Flesh being ridden in the last uh, 30-ish kilometers with Trek trying to get one rider up the road, another rider up the road, another rider up the road. Every single time when they get caught, another rider up the road to to kind of reduce the firepower of SD Works because that's their numerical advantage. How do you see that competition between SD Works and Trek going on this race? Yeah, I think they're going to try the same thing. One would think with Ruth Winder and uh, Cinder Brand. Yeah, there's no Dagnan. They got Van Dyke as well um i think sd works made a few mistake at flat mistakes at flesh von der bregen mentioned that and they didn't really cost them because yep. flesh just always comes down to the mood and von der bregen dominated but liege you do get punished a little bit more for those mistakes 
I think SD Works, they got obviously Van der Breggen, they got Follering, Mulman, Van den Broek, Black, Cicchini, Neve Fisher, Black. Very, very strong team. Maybe have a couple of other riders that aren't named yet. I don't know, honestly. <laughs> I don't know what – I don't really know what they're going to do. I think it's going to be following Van Vleuten, who is Movistar's leader, early. And we haven't really seen SD Works, Benji, actually throwing riders up the road except for Van den Broek Black at Strade, marking Elisa Longoborghini. Yeah, I think – who do you think they're going to ride for? Van der Breggen, Follering, or are they going to have a two-leader strategy? I'd go for a two-liter strategy here. Um, we saw in Amstel that Van der Breggen was not doing the way she wanted to go, I think, on a, on a level-wise. I think she also kind of wanted to ride uh, for Volering that day. But um, in Fledge, we saw the exact opposite. And that forced Volering into a domestique position in the last 20-ish kilometers. Because, well, of that strategy mistake we spoke about, on the uh, recap podcast of that, that reduced their numerical advantage. So if Trek can do that to SD Works, then they're going to have to choose between the two. But outside of that, I I dare to... Um, I'm going to start early with my picks, but my favorite for this race is Demi Volering. And the reason that Demi is my favorite is that I believe she has the capabilities of following everybody that basically launched in this race. And I think she has a sprint to win this if this comes down to reduce group at the finish line. She also has the capabilities of riding away and soloing. So, yeah, she's a bit of an all-rounder in that aspect. And I think that her benefit, a lot of her benefit is the fact that she's at SD Works because we know that their strategy is if somebody's up the road for them, then they're going to start blocking the, uh, the pacing in the second group. And that seemed to work out the majority of times that they do it, but let's be real, the last uh, the last few races they've been they haven't been at their extreme best in that strategy wise. And I think that so far this season, this women's cycling industry has not been dominated as much by SD works as we probably thought it would at the start of the season. No. And it's a bit it's not surprising per se, but it's it's noticeable, it's observable, and I think that they got to keep in mind that their strategies need to be good still, and that they need to try and keep that numerical advantage onto their competitors because that is their strength, and that is the way that they have a chance of winning as many races as they can, and I, uh, I think that it's going to work out on the edge because it's not, it's a difficult parkour, but it's also not the part no where I'd say that Vlerten would, Von Vlerten would just ride away. That's not what I see ex- happening here, but I could be very wrong on that. Let's be clear. Um, yeah, no Dignan. What, what has she been up to? Because I feel like she hasn't been anywhere in races recently, and I don't know why. Yeah, she skipped the Ardennes. Has she been unwell? I'm probably missing some news. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. She won the age last year from a solo. Maybe she, maybe she's on the start list yet. But I'm trying to look it up. Um, I feel like I'm missing something that I should know. Um, but yeah, she she won a solo last year. Before it was Van Vleuten, and then it was Vanderbregen. Two years in a row, all solo moves. So we haven't had a reduced bunch sprint at Liège Women's um, 
So I think it's going to be a solo as well. And Benji's probably right. It'll be one of those riders. And I'm going with Nuvia Doma, Benji. I think she's going to be, mm-hmm. I think these climbs suit her more than the Moor. She was strongest in my view on the Kauberg. I think she's been so consistent at the moment. What second at Flesh, second at Dwar's Door, and then in principle, in my view, second at Humstall in the those sort of races. So I think Nivia Doma is a real chance and I like her for the race. Trek not having Diagnon makes a big it's weird, Benji. No Diagnon, no Brown on bike exchange, at least on the thing Wait, I'm looking Brown at. Either. Okay. No. One and two last year. So Diagnon went solo. Trek were one twoing. They had Van Dyke and Longobordagini, and then they sent Diagnon. I think that she did that in other races too. When, yeah, Plue. Plue as well. She did that when she was with uh, the other, other British rider. And yeah, second last year was Brown chasing that Diagnon move, and she was chasing her really well. Not at Liège either. Very strange. Yeah, but. Um, I think yeah. that one thing noticeable with Bike Exchange this Ardennes so far is that in, I think, Amstel, it was Spratt that was extremely strong. Spratt was in that that uh, front group, ended up fourth in that race, and Spratt was also the better rider on Fleshville, and I think Spratt might be like a bit of an outsider that, that everybody is kind of looking over because she's not at one of the teams that is fairly dominant here. So I believe that Amanda Spratt can top five this race. I... I just think that it's going to be difficult for her to win an LDL, yeah. for example, and that's where she's I see the, the weakness for her. Yeah, kind of true. She's not the best climber on these short climbs, and she's not the quickest sprinter ever, it seems, in a group, so it makes it really hard, and they don't generally go for a solo long move either, those two. So they're the leaders we mentioned, you know, theoretically, Longoborghini, Trek, Van Vleuten, Movistar, Nivea Doma, Canyon Shram, Sprat Bike Exchange, Voss, Team Yumbo Visma, Ludwig FDJ, Paladin and Ruyakas for Liv, Lippert Labu, Mackay, Team DSM, Vollering van der Breggen ST Works, and probably Manialdi for Theratisit. Yep. Um, trying to look for some other outsiders. Stevens, Faulkner at Team Tibco, Gigante is on the start list, but I'm pretty sure she like broke her collarbone or something. Yeah, collarbone, uh, elbow, and something else. Yeah, so not ideal. So, don't think she's starting. And drops have got Jocelyn Loudon, Loudon rather, uh, and Danny Christmas. She came fifth at Brabantia Pale. So I think Loudon for a top ten is a really good shout for drops. Lacole and got a shout out. The uh, Olga Zabalinskaya at Kogas Metla Pro Cycling Team. She's a vet. She's 40 and pretty sure she – yeah, she, that's right. I remember her name. She came third in the Olympic Games in 2012 and she's like a TT specialist um, and she's into been racing in Turkey. But she – I think she like started racing – she took like a five-year absence in the 2000s. But, yeah, great time trialist and just cool to see her, I guess, or funny to see her on the start list. Although I think she's been suspended before. Um, that was a quick run-through of 
the favourites. There's no betting market for the women's race, so I don't really know. We're having to make it up ourselves. Mariana Voss, Benji, let's mm. talk about her. First at Amstel, first at Ken Favelham, second at Trofeo Alfredo Binder, which is quite a hilly race, yeah. circuit hilly race, but shallow gradient climbs, not the steeper climbs we have here like the Cote de la Rochefoucauld. Do you think she's getting spat too much on that climb, Rochefoucauld, to even be close with a reduced bunch sprint if it came down to it? I think she's going to have a really tough time sticking with the the better punchers in this peloton. I think that her benefit would be, let's say that they're in a situation where she ends up dropping on the last hill. Well, then she needs to hope that either SD works or Trek missed the split because then those can pace in the second group. If those two teams are at the front group, then she has to do it alone because everybody else will be looking at her since yeah. she has a better sprint in that chasing group. And I think that it's very unlikely that she's going to be a part of the group that gets away. So she's likely going to be in the chasing group and it's going to have to be an ideal situation for that group to come back because, yeah, they've got that descent. It's basically uh, it's basically uh, difficult to, to come back to. So I um, I don't think she's going to win this race. I think it's just a bit too hard, even though with Mariano Voz, I don't want to dare to say that ever. But I think it's not happening this time around. Just overall, I think that this could go many ways, depending on the way the race is written. But I think that we've seen so far that certain names are the strongest ones on these punchy finishes. Well, punchy climbs and then the finishes after it. And you named names already. Nivia Dalma, for example, Elisa Longoborghini, Volering, Underbrechen could also be in that group on paper. Van Vleuten definitely could be part of that action. All these riders could be in a five-man women group after that. Uh, and if that is the case then it could go anywhere and from a five women group then you can have one rider that slips away in a bit of an attack and those look at each other but you can also have a situation where it actually ends up in a in a five women sprint and if that is the case then then it could go I think less likely yeah? because Van der Breggen won't back her sprint Vollering will yeah. but Van der Breggen will re-attack. Van Vleuten, if she has any opportunity, if she's with a group after Rochefoucauld, she'll go on the Boncel straight after again. Yeah. She'll try and split it and she'd rather attack full gas there, maybe drop herself than I think go to the finish with the group. Same with Anna van der Breggen. Vollering's got that kick. Voss, if she was there, same. She'd back her sprint. Nui Domer, I think, would try as well. Longoborghini, no idea what she'll do, I think. FTJ with Cavalli and Ludwig. The problem with Ludwig, as we said, not the quickest on the climb or in the sprint, just very consistent. But to win the race, they'd need a slow race and to coax Marta Cavalli over the climbs and then hope she was the quickest in the group. But even then, Vollering's probably slightly quicker than yeah. her as well. Uh, honestly, I'm just seeing Mulman pacing super hard <laughs> on Redoute or <laughs> Rochefoucauld and setting up one of Van der Breggen yeah, but or inadvertently Van Vleuten. 
isn't that dangerous again? Because she did it in Flesh Valona and it opened yeah, up a can for of sure. worms for Trek to open up <laughs> and Rufwinder to start attacking. And I think if they go too early, then it's going to be troublesome. I think the ideal situation for SD-Works is trying to keep the race relatively controlled until later, dude, and then try and keep that climb relatively controlled as well. Try and get more one passio over that climb True. so she can do the work after the climb and make sure that we don't have a situation where Rufwinder is off going on our jolly adventure on the on the front of the race. So I think, yeah, yeah, strategic-wise, it's going to be a very interesting race, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, that's a good point. They are not going to want a breakaway containing riders from Movistar, Trek, Canyon Shram, or Yumbo Visma in Liège this weekend. SD Works, like we're not re- repeating what happened at Flesh, where we're on the back foot all day, got a bit messy, as Benji said. Exactly. I think they're going to want to control it a bit more. Can and you're right. Counter? You want to keep it tight yeah. and then attack with Van der Breggen and then force really hard decisions from Van Vleuten who have to spend their bickies themselves to bring her back with Vollering in the wheels. Sorry, go on, Benji. Can they counter that by, for example, getting a Fisher Black in the breakaway early on? To like or Van der Broek Black. The opposite? Yep. Yep. That's similar they situation. Could, but they haven't been doing that yep. this year as much. Um so, I don't know. I actually, maybe one of them, Neve Fisher, Black or Cicchini, maybe. But did I put you on the spot, Benji? You picked following. That's yep. right. Uh, who did I pick? I don't remember. <laughs> Nivea Doma. Yeah. Long shots. Let's go for a long shot. It's hard with the women's races to go for long shots, to be honest. Uh, I'm going with Rui Yakas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's actually not a bad one because... She's been very active so far. She's a good climber. Um, I'm going to go for a long shot. Ooh, this is hard. <laughs> I Pick Loudon on drops, look hole. We're contractually obliged to. Okay, I will. There we go. <laughs> she will Thank win you. the race. Satisfied the sponsors. She actually could. She came fifth in Brabant Chappelle, like... It's, yeah, but it's a long shot. I think no. she yeah, go. I think she wrote it to be in the top five there. I didn't I don't I still think that in the last kilometer there, she basically chose to write the pace of the riders that were away and basically rode them till the line and decided not to uh, even try and test her sprint against the others. Perhaps she knows that she wouldn't make it. That's an option, but Wasn't I also she think it's because I don't know. I know that before the last hill she was a. Uh, in the same group, and she was pacing for the others. So, oh no, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. She's one of the top five, rather yeah. than getting caught. Yeah. Anyway, she's very strong. That was in a group with Volering, Balsamo, Thomas. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Balsamo's not here. It's probably too hilly for her yep. over two thousand meters climb. She is a uh, sprinty girl, not really a climby sprinty girl. I wouldn't say. Correct. Um, she's, yeah, more quick than climbing. But anyway, that was our Liège, Bastion Liège women's preview. Hope you enjoyed it. I'll have highlights of the race straight afterward. My women's highlight videos are for some reason, well, not for some reason. Like Because they're surprised. great, man. Well, <laughs> I know that, but 200,000 <laughs> views on Amstel. I mean, even the most ardent people who like my content will <laughs> wouldn't have guessed that but anyway it's great and flesh over 50k is awesome to see too there's obviously 
interest there. But we'll see you with the recap on Sunday after the race. Ciao.